Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Real people doing real deals in real estate and no fake gurus allowed. We bring you the best and the most real real estate investors in the space. They'll be showing you the good, the bad, and the ugly of real estate investing. Like, share, subscribe, get notified. It's the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, I have my great friend from Phoenix, Arizona, Mr. Corey Geary, the king of novations is what I call it. If there is another king of novations out there, you just got dethroned, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Corey, thank you so much, brother, for coming in, man. Man, thank you for having me. Drew. This That's has been honor. a long overdue interview. It um, has. We've been talking about it for a while. Yeah, and you've actually been to our mastermind twice. Uh, you know, you've been to Houston a few times, but unfortunately we could never uh, get on the same page. But finally, you're coming and you're delivering to the audience, guys. Uh, Corey has a great story. We're going to get into it. If he can do it, if he can do this business, there's no reasons why you will not be able to do it because Corey never had it going his way all his life, right? So let's get started, man. Like, who is Corey, dude? Like, we're like I know you, but the audience doesn't know you, right? So let's pretend, yeah, you met me for the first time. So, where were you born? Where do you grow up? How was that like? Yeah, that part of your life, right? Great question, man. So uh, I was born in and in, in Arizona, and I'm in Arizona now again. I did this full circle back to be next to family, but born in Arizona, moved to Las Vegas uh, when I was uh, in my teens. I was 16 years old. Uh, actually, I was 14. Why, why did you move to Las Vegas? My dad got uh, fired from his current job. Okay. He's an electrical engineer. He used to work for Salt River Project in Arizona. Got fired or laid off. Had a big layoff, and then he got hired on Nevada Power out in Vegas. So he moved the whole family to Vegas when we were very young. Uh, so I grew up my teenage life in Vegas and uh, dropped out of high school, got heavy into drugs, alcohol, just went down the wrong path. All, you know, all of my teenage life, I had no direction. And my, my dad, even though he put food on the table, he was not a father. He was never there for us. He was he, always working. He was always working. And he, when he was at working, he was never home because he had his own demons that he was okay. fighting. Uh, very, he's got some uh, mental sickness issues that okay. he fights with. And he still does to this day, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but so he was never existent in my family. Right. And so I kind of grew up without a father. And uh, so I just basically. That's why you're, you're such a great father today. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Because to, to you guys, that's very high in your priorities. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's one of the top of my priorities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I just had a daughter. She's yeah. Three and a half months Beautiful old. daughter, by the way. Oh, she was great. on stage on, on the last Mastermind. Yeah, so she came on stage. She was the value baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of times when, when, when people have. Uh, deficiency like that in their life, they try to overcome it later on their, themselves. You know, sometimes they copy the the model, but in this case, you didn't copy that model. Oh, it stung me in my life, and it, I saw what direction it pushed me in my life in the beginning of my you know my journey of, and it it, it was very. Uh, so, did you ever finish high school? 
I did. You I did. did end up finishing high school uh, when I was 19 years old. I enrolled into what was called Job Corps. Uh, Job Corps is like uh, it, it, it's for it's for mess f ups. You know yeah. what I mean. Uh, and uh, you can curse. This uh, okay, yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's for fuck ups. So a lot yeah. of times, when people, uh, they, you know, the, the judges will, you know, go to court for, and you're a juvenile, they'll they'll force you to go to job court. Well, I enrolled in it uh, uh, voluntarily, went to it because I knew I wanted to get my high school diploma because I dropped out. And then uh, even in job court, though, you know, I was still hanging around with the wrong crowd, drinking, doing a lot of drugs, but I did manage to get my high school education. And what, how old were you back then? How, I, when I went to job court, <clears throat> I was 19. What was your drug of choice? Oh, cocaine. Oh, yeah? Oh, Since yeah. that early. Uh, oh, that early. Yeah, and I've, I've experimented around with everything. You know, I smoked a lot of pot when I was younger. Uh, drank a lot. Drink, well, I, you know, let me say drinking's always been my drug of choice. Okay, cocaine so alcohol comes. Alcohol first. Cocaine right? just gets you sober for, <laughs> yeah, for you, momentarily. You, you ride that, that, <laughs> that wave, man. It, some, for some reason, they go well together. I, I don't know what it is, man. There's oh. nothing like being down in that drunk ditch and then doing a blast and then coming up out of that and it, it's like riding a roller coaster yeah that's you crazy get drunk again and then you blast up again i mean it's a it's a wild ride very destructive um but that was like that was my my uh, truck of choice for and, sure. and and you smoke weed because out of like it was just kind of like to do it because weed doesn't really go with either or no, you know it was just weed was kind of my gateway drug actually to to, to everything else. Or to we, calm down. like Yeah, weed was my first thing I kind of, you know, I did when I was, I think I smoked weed the first time when I was 12 years old. Yeah. Just to experiment 12, around. Wow. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, then got heavy into drinking, and then other hard drugs came. How after. do you guys get the alcohol? Because, uh, look, I grew up in Venezuela, okay? So the first mm -hmm. time I smoked cigarettes, I was 12. Now, yeah. we didn't have weed around, but I am sure if we would have had it, I would have smoked it, okay? Right. Uh, but for us, alcohol was easy to get. I would just I would just go to the liquor store literally at twelve and buy whatever the hell I wanted and they would sell it to me. They would sell it to you because uh, honestly you had to be you were supposed to be eighteen, but they didn't give a shit. They just wanted to sell alcohol. So they oh there here comes the kid or maybe they will pretend or that their father sent the kid to go get the alcohol. Like it happened many times with me. Like wow. my parents and grandparents will send me to the store. It's like hey go get us a box of beer or whatever or a bottle of whatever. And they'll give me the the car the, the the keys to the car, and here I am, thirteen, driving <laughs> to the liquor store, buy all this stuff, and go back home. So how can you not expect the kid to freaking become a fuck up yeah, by the age of eighteen, right? right? So you know, so they made it easy on me. Um, but on your case, like, how do you guys get alcohol? Do you get a, an adult to go buy it for you? Or? So yeah, I mean. Uh, Early in my teens, you know, my mom would go buy it for me. Okay. I'd, cool know, mom. Cool mom. Yeah. My friends would come over. We'd give her money. She'd go down to the store, buy it for My her. mom was the same way. She'd get a little yeah. something for herself, yeah. you know, or we'd give her an extra, you know, 10 or 20 bucks for herself. Right. For doing it. And that's uh, how mainly we got it. And then even when I was in Job Corps, we would just go out down to the liquor stores and we called it fishing. And then you just go down there and you wait until you think you see somebody cool and you'd offer them an extra 10 or 20 bucks to go in there and buy you alcohol. And it might take you three or four times before you get somebody, but you'd, you'd get somebody. Yeah, somebody will break. Mm -hmm. So that's how we always got our alcohol. And then, of course, drugs, man. Drugs are just around. Well, drugs are, are accessible because yeah. there's no – it's not regulated, so anybody can carry them around. And, yeah. it, and it's all illegal anyways. It's illegal, so, but it's the most accessible. And it's funny yeah. how that works. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most accessible. You're right. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you ran into, the, into drugs at school or was it on the streets? 
it, you know, it was a both, you know, I, when I was first introduced to drugs was in Las Vegas and it, it was in school and in the streets, you know, and, uh, it was, it was very, uh, dominant in Vegas. I mean, it was everywhere. Yeah. Well, was, Vegas is the city of sin, right? Yeah, so, exactly. you know, right. even when I go, like uh, my wife and I went to Vegas many years ago, I think it was our first time that we went together and we, we swear that we will never take our kids there. I said, look, yeah. let them go when they're grown, but we're never going to bring them here because you can tell, like, on the streets, people are, the energy is low. It is. Uh, there, there is, you know, even though at the casino the energy is high because of the lights, the, uh, the whole environment. That's what the casino wants. Yeah. When you get out of the casino, yep. the energy drops, and you can feel the energy from the people that are on the streets, not the ones walking that are, um, like, tourists, Right. No, it's the ones that are performing or the ones that are that who live there. locals. Their yep. energy is way low. So, 100%. And we've seen people, like, fall asleep on the side and because they're high as hell, you know, and, and on heroin and who knows what, right? Right. And, and guess what? Casinos just destroy local economies. Yeah. And I know that because I worked in a – we'll get to this part, but I worked right. in a casino for 17 years. Right. As a blackjack dealer, and that's what they do. They destroy the local economy. So that's that's your belief is that they destroy local economies. And there's countries that have that they have casinos outlawed. Like in Singapore, uh, it's outlawed for locals to go to the casino. You have to have a tourist passport to go into the casino there because they don't want to destroy their own economy. But they'll allow the tourists to go to the casinos. Yeah, I, I lived in Singapore for a year, and I don't remember going to the casino. On, yeah, Singapore, uh, another one. Oh, Korea has the same thing. If you go to Seoul, Korea. Only tourists can go into the casino. Did you ever go to Singapore? I haven't been to Singapore yet. Okay. No. But I have been to Seoul, Korea. All right. And so were you working there as a dealer? or No, I went there just to visit and party. Okay. Yeah, I've so traveled all over Asia. Oh, cool. So. Cool. cool. So, um, how, like, so, okay, so you were 19, you went to that. To that. So, yeah, I went to Job Corps. While I was in Job Corps, I got pretty big into music, and I learned to play guitar. Oh. And, uh, and as I, at that time, I was like, hey, this is kind of like a, a direction of my life. So I picked up music, played guitar. I ended up moving to, uh, after I finished Job Corps, actually, I went home, stayed at home for a little bit with my mom and dad and family. But then I ended up moving to Hollywood, California. Wow. And I was in Hollywood for three years, and I went to a school called Musicians Institute, and that was probably the hardest I've ever partied in my entire life. Yeah, that's what I was like. That's why I say wow, because I, it was uh, you're insane. going to the middle of the, the, the mayhem, you know. Yeah, that was a, a wild ride. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't regret it, but I would not repeat it. <laughs> the, the, it, was, it was rough. Did you ever party with, like, celebrities and stuff like that that – yeah, I've, I've I've done cocaine with Lemmy from Motorhead. Okay, I've done cocaine uh, with some of the Spice Girls. Okay, uh, done cocaine with uh, which uh, what's his name? Uh, can't remember his name from Motley Crue. Which one it was? It wasn't Nikki Six, but uh, he was over. What was called the they used to come. There's all these celebrities would come to what's called the Rainbow Room. Yep. in Vegas, and it was right next to the Viper Room where River Phoenix died, and uh, the Roxy, and that was kind of like the local hangout for all the celebs to go out and party. And you know, we were down there every single weekend, and wow. sometimes you know during the week, you know, partying. You just anybody would show up, and in the Rainbow Room, this place was owned by the mafia, and so you'd go in, and then you could actually buy cocaine from over the bar. Oh wow! Yeah, and they had one specific dedicated bathroom. 
<laughs> for you to go and do your cocaine right. at. And they would, you had to walk through the kitchen to get to that bathroom. But everyone would go to that one bathroom and, to do their blow. And uh, that went on for three years when I was there. Wow. Well, drug addicts, they've been doing it forever, right? So yeah. it's the normal thing, right? It's like whoever takes a, a, a pill for, for headaches, oh, every day they get a headache. You know, they got to get that one pill. Uh, so Exactly. So it, it doesn't surprise me, but... Uh, it, in a way, it's kind of cool. You were hanging out with all those celebrities and all those guys and shit, and and I don't know, doing some crazy shit, yeah, <laughs> having yeah. crazy parties. I've hung out with Slash, even though I didn't do cocaine with Slash or anything. Right, we've hung out with Slash. I mean, you just you'll see. In the, but they're clean now, right? A lot of them are clean now. Yeah, because yeah, uh, are clean now. Uh, I watched an interview from Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. and when they uh, they all got together uh, on the last run, basically. They yep. went to Bolivia, I think it was, and they, and they wanted to climb the. It was Bolivia or Peru. They wanted to climb the mountains and 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 like go to the top. I think it was Bolivia, and somebody said, "Hey, you gotta do the coca leaf." And he was like, "Oh no, no, like yeah. you know, like I'm no. like I don't yeah. do drugs or drink anymore or anything and I think like that." Slash was clean then. Yeah, but he did hang out, you know, at the bar. We we were at the the Roxy. And we'll yeah. hang out with him. So. Oh, wow. That's crazy, yeah. man. I love those guys. I, you I know, know you, you know, I'm a yeah. Guns N' Roses fan, so I wish I would have met one of them, you know, and hang out and ask him questions and those kind of things. Maybe one day. Yeah. Um, so so you were in Hollywood, and what you what were you doing in Hollywood? Like Playing guitar, playing with a bunch of local random bands, just, you know, living the party life. You know, the, racked up a, a lot of student debt through that school. Uh, it's all paid off now. Right. Through my real estate journey, I've been able to pay that off. You know, and that actually the beginning of my real estate journey is able to pay that off. And uh, so, but it was just, uh, it was a great time. Um, and I met a lot of good people from all over the world. You know, people were coming there from Sweden, from Switzerland, from Europe. I mean, Asia, coming there to study music. So I had a lot, and I'm still friends with those people to, to today. On, like on Facebook, which wow. is great. So if I ever travel, I have a place to stay in a lot of these places. As long as they're clean, right? <laughs> right. And a lot of them are. Yeah. Most of them are now. Some aren't. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, just the way it is, right? It's just the way it is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, even myself, just up to recently. Yeah. So. Yeah, I met you, I met you when you were, uh, I wouldn't say a drug addict, but an alcoholic, I would Very, say. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because uh, i never seen you do drugs, you know, but I did. I did have a lot of drinks with you. We've had a lot of drinks. Uh, yeah. And and even if you were doing drugs, you were kind of like do that on, doing that on your own. Like, you know, never never even suspected it. But nope. um, I did see Sylvester smoking a little weed one day. But, you yeah. know, that was, <laughs> smoking weed nowadays is like normal. You know, yeah, it's, like, he, it's like a cigarette. He doesn't you know? function. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying yeah, that over this, this, this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but, um, okay, so... How the hell did you end up being a blackjack dealer? So, yeah, man, uh, kind of fast forward there. I just, you know, I had some no, no direction of life. And literally, I was a Pizza Hut delivery driver for a few years. And then I got into poker. Watch, poker had the big boom back in, like, 2013. The big, the World Series of Poker was coming out. It was very commercialized. So, in 2011, 2012, you were driving pizzas. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was delivering pizzas. I, I, I wouldn't see you driving pizzas, yep. buddy. I like none at all. Like Make great tips, man. I was making yeah. more money than the general manager at the store. So. And where were you at? Was that uh, in Hollywood? The, the back around, I'm back in Arizona again. Okay. So, yeah, after Hollywood, I, I, I lived all over. I moved to Denver for a while with some girl. That I, I delivered beer for a living. Uh, and then actually, I, I worked in a brewery. 
Uh, I brewed beer for one year, and then I moved to Georgia with her, uh, lived there for a little while, did some side jobs, and then we had a bad breakup, and then I moved to Arizona to be next to family. Okay. And then I moved to next year, moved to Arizona. I was delivering pizzas. We would uh, we were watching the World Series of Poker, getting all you know crazy into that. And so we started having poker games at our house, and we were playing a lot of poker. And a lot of these dealers started coming over just you know by meeting people uh, through the uh, I guess you'd say the the industry. And they'd come over and they'd play and they would lose money or win big money and be like, "What do you guys do for a living? How do you? We're blackjack dealers." Okay, how, what do you guys make a year? They're like, oh, we do well, you know anywhere from one hundred twenty to one hundred fifty thousand a year. Like, how the hell do I get into that? Yeah. They're like, oh, go to Vegas, go to school. I'm like, oh, wait, really? I, I still have a lot of friends in Vegas. But that's a literally, I, I literally just uh, immediately dropped took, everything. I took, I took action. I uh, booked, uh, you know, uh, called my friends. and uh, Hey, got who's, who's got a up. spare, uh, you yep. know, couch? I need I need a I need to go to school. <laughs> yep, uh, booked the school. Went to went out to Vegas. Went to school for about a month and a half. Came back and uh, one of the guys who I was friends with, who was a blackjack dealer, got me. It was called an audition, and I got hired into the casino industry. And I did that industry for seventeen years in, in Vegas right away. Not yeah, I went, to, I went to school in Vegas, but I went to Arizona to deal. Okay, because in Arizona it's take your own tips. Where in Vegas a tip pool. And you want to take your own tips because that means you're hustling for yourself. You go right. out there, and that's where mm-hmm. I learned sales. That's how I learned to talk to people. That's you're rewarded based on your on your actions. On your actions. You go out there and you hustle the tables every single day. When the people are winning, you hustle them and you talk to them and you sell yourself and you become their friend and then they're going to tip you. And so I was making about 140 grand a year when I quit that job, and that's why it was so hard to quit. I got complacent. It was good money. It was good money. I was working six hours every single night. A lot night of cash and more party life. All the blacks, all they do is party. It's, it, you know, when they're not in the casino, they're at the casino, they're out partying, and, and that's all it was. So It's it was a, a vicious cycle. Another vicious cycle, um, but I was making good money, uh, saved up. I've always been a good saver and saved up, you know, about $130,000 throughout that journey. Plus, I had a good 401K. And, uh, you know, one of those days, one of the, I was with this girl who was a part-time blackjack dealer, part-time real estate agent, and we'd watch that show Flip or Flop. <laughs> with Tarek Musa, and uh, we'd watch it every night on HGTV and one of these nights she's like why don't you flip a house so I can list it you got some money and I was like why don't I flip a house so you can list it maybe that's a good little side hustle and uh, literally the, the, after having that conversation the next morning I was on my m- morning run around the neighborhood and I saw one of those bandit signs fix and flip buy price 250 ARV 350 something like that and uh, I Stopped on my run, called that phone number, and I bought that house. It took me six months, and I made $8,000. I bought it from a company called uh, Net Worth Realty. Yep. Yep. They're pretty big. It's similar to New Western. Yeah, very similar. So uh, I call them the NWs because Net Worth, New Western, you know, like NWs. Like, yep. yep. Sometimes I mix them up. Like, I, like, is it Net Worth? Oh, no, I'm with New Western. I'm sorry. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> Same, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I bought that house. Uh, took me six months. Uh, they, they supplied the contractor, which was kind of cool, but the contractor sucked. Uh, made eight grand. And then I, and during that time, I started going to local events. Started networking with people. And then I found out about there was these wholesalers who sell houses. And so on my second one, uh, there's a an OG wholesaler in my, in my market. He's not big known on social media or anything like that, but this guy is, he's, he's serious. Uh, he's 
his name is Chris Eiman. He's been in the industry forever. He's just like a dinosaur. He's, I mean, he kills it. He sells private money. But I met him, and I bought my second house from him. And on that one, it took me three months, and I made 20000 And I was like... Was he at the family reunion? No, he wasn't at the family reunion. Chris there was another guy from Phoenix at the family reunion that was hanging out later on with us. Okay. I forgot his name. Yeah, um, he, he's in CG, though. Okay. I know that. Um, but, yeah, I bought the second house from him, made 20000 and I was like, okay... On my third house, so I'm still working at the casino. People are, like, wanting to partner with me now. They're hearing about what I'm doing. And there was one guy there I ended up partnering with. And with his money and my money, I was like, okay, let's turn the gas on. And, you know, not knowing we didn't know, we bought four houses all at once from that same wholesaler. Uh, and then we had to end up switching contractors because the contractor we had yeah. didn't work out. And But the new guy was even worse, and we didn't bet him. You know, oh, we, wow. we didn't do anything. We didn't like look at the RLC to see if his contractor license was valid or if he's, you know, if he's doing business. We didn't check with any previous clients to see how they do it. We just took some referral from somebody and we used them in all four houses. And like idiots, we didn't do any, uh, we didn't manage the projects. We just gave him the money because we were still working in the casino and he was sending us pictures. Well, at the whole time, he took our money and didn't do any work. And on those four houses between, the money we lost in the rehab, rehabbing the wholesale, then back to the wholesaler and the holding costs. We lost a quarter million dollars between the two of us. Um, it's it, it chewed up my partner and spit him out. And he's still in the casino to this day dealing cards. Wow. Yeah, it set me back to zero where I lost all my life savings, all the loss, I lost all the previous money I made from flipping, my 401k money. And I was like, well, crap, what the hell am I going to do now? Just Deal work cards. in the casino? And I'm like, I didn't want to give up real estate. And uh, I literally went on Google and typed in how do wholesalers get deals? Cause I'm like, well, I got to figure out how these wholesalers do this. Cause I got to start from scratch and I got no capital now. And uh, Mr. Sean Terry popped up when I put that in Google. And so I went down that rabbit hole, bought his course. Uh, it was like a thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah. And so I, at the very least I had my job. I was still making income. Right. 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 Good right. income. So yeah, it, yeah you I, feel like shit, but you're still working. I still work. I got <laughs> yeah. money coming in still. I'm like, I'm not, Broke, broke, but you know it. It's yeah, you lose money, lost you lose um, your life savings. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that 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 that, that that knocks people's teeth out, bro, yeah. and they don't move forward they because of that. that's what happened to my partner, and that's why he's still in the casino to this day dealing. So, um, so I went in that rabbit hole, uh, started direct mail and bandit signs because that's what Sean Terry was kind of yep. pushing at the time, and go to belly belly with the seller, and uh, started putting out bandit signs, do a little bit of direct mail. And it took me ten months from that time. To get, get my a deal. first deal, and this is funny, I got my first deal, and I sold that deal to the wholesaler who was selling me deals before, Chris Simon. He bought my first oh, wow. deal. I sold it to him. And so and I was like, and I made $10,000, and I was like, oh, here we go. It's proof of concept. It works. It works. And that's when I became a wholesaler. Wow. That's crazy, dude. So um, what year is this? 2000, uh, I bought my first house, that first house at the end of 2016. I ended up flipping in 2017, lost the money at probably the end of 2017-ish. So 2018 is probably when I started going down the wholesale rabbit hole. Right. Yeah, that, that was probably right about the same time where um, a couple of my friends were going over there to Phoenix to be on Sean's mastermind. That's yep. probably how you guys all met. And that's uh, yeah. exactly what happened. After I went down uh, uh, the Sean Terry rabbit hole, I found out he has this mastermind called Boardroom. 
Um, so I joined Boardroom, got into that, met a bunch of great people, which is actually what led me to meeting you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been part of Mastermind. Through one of those guys. From because, one of those guys, uh, yeah. Because I, didn't, I was not a part of the Boardroom. Oh, the boardroom, yeah. And, and honestly, Corey, I should have been a part of it. Let me tell you why. In in um, late 2017, early 2018, I get a call from Sean Terry's sales guy. Oh, okay. Some guy in, in Tampa, Florida. Probably Bryant. Some guy in Tampa, Florida. I forgot his name. Um, I said, Ricardo, I got your number from so-and-so. I don't I don't remember who gave him my number, but it was one of the guys in the boardroom. Um, and and, um, and I was like, okay, what's the deal? And he said, well, I see that you bought the 100K wholesaler program. And I was like, yeah, I did that last year. And he's like, and how is that going? I was like, we just had a couple of hundred thousand dollar months. He's like, what? And I was like, yeah, man, we we literally implemented everything he had on that course. And guess what? It works. It works. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like, tell me about your operation. And at that time, we had this massive rehabbing operation, right? And I was like, well, in reality, we're rehabbers, but we're kind of like dabbling into this whole wholesaling thing. And, um, and he's like, oh, you belong in the boardroom. And I said, what is that? And he said, it is a mastermind that Sean Terry has with his closest people where they, you know, share all this information and this and that. And I said, how much is that? He says, 25 grand, right? And what had happened was at the time we had just went through Harvey. And I just didn't see myself paying $25,000 to become part of a, a mastermind. That was movie. your reset. Well, I just didn't know where that whole thing was headed. So every penny I had was like, that yeah. needs to stay where it's at because I don't know how I'm going to handle this moving forward, right? And I'm glad I didn't. Uh, or maybe if I would have did done it, that, that would have saved me a lot of money. Who knows? But eventually I didn't do it. Yeah. So I could have became part of that mastermind where you were at that time because you were in it at that time. Yep. Um, but I just didn't do it. And, and, and then later on is when, you know, I find out that all of you guys were on it because uh, I have a couple other friends here that were – on that mastermind and but uh but yeah he called me and he invited me and he made the pitch and and, he, and that dude was diligent man he was like calling me every three months you know hey how's it going yep. and he was very nice you know of course he's trying to make a sale yep but eventually i quit answering the phone especially when i was losing my ass i was like but dude that i got man. i got no yeah. 25 g's right now to <laughs> to go put on no mastermind 25 is a lot when you're broke yeah yeah <laughs> so um but yeah so you you uh you learn from Sean, um, your your foundation, right? Like that was a foundation. Yeah, your foundation. I did too. Like, like we come from the same school. Shout out to Sean Terry, guys. If oh, you guys don't okay. know who Sean Terry is, you guys got to go look him up. He's got that guy has helped so many people out, man. He and, has. And and I'm blessed to try, call him a friend today. Yeah. I, phone I, number. I call him anytime. He's, he's awesome, dude. Uh, he yeah. came. He came to the mastermind thanks to you because yeah. you invited him and uh, and uh, he came and delivered and. Uh, one of the best speakers we had on stage, you know, Absolutely. from from a delivery standpoint. Um, and uh, but anyway, shout out to Sean Terry, guys. So, um, all right, so you start wholesaling. Um, when is it that you start growing a team, like hiring your first ac acquisitions, or you know, like you're like, okay, man, this shit works. I've made some money already. Yep. You know, proof of concept is there. Proof of concept's there. I know there's some guys now that have some teams. How do, like, when did that? So, obviously, I'm part of all these 
I'm, I started joining masterminds. I even hire, you know, a couple of private coaches and everyone's talking about, you know, you got to do telecommunications, you got to cold call, you know, and you have to build teams. And so I would say it's probably the end of 2018 is what I did is I took the living room of my house and put a bunch of cubicles in there and hired people to come in and co-call for me. I remember the cubicles because I went to your house and was, you had them in there. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were there. My wife maybe just recently. Good on, good on her. <laughs> yeah. Good on her. She's like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. It's like, need this? I'm yeah. like, well, it's nostalgic for me now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, hired people to come in and, and co-call for me. This is, I'm still at the casino and I, I had like, you know, you know, from six to eight co-callers dialing for dollars for me live. And uh, I was going out, and I just need a cheap lead gen. And I was going out, locking those contracts up, uh, belly to belly. And uh, it was it, it was difficult because I was working at the casino at night. Yeah, I was getting, you know, I go to work at 8 o'clock at night, get up at 4 in the morning, 2 to 4 in the morning, go to bed, get up at 8 in the morning, run the real estate and cold call business. And on top of that, drink and do drugs. I was heavy into (laughs) drinking and doing drugs while all this was going on. So, you know, I was going out, I was was on the road all day long, trying to get contracts, uh, managing the call floor. That's two different businesses right there, by the way, which I would never recommend for anyone to do because that was brain damage, running two businesses and working the casino. So a good year to year and a half of that went on uh, before the, the day came when I quit the casino. And it was rough. Uh, but I was making money. I was making money. I was building up capital. And it's funny. In the boardroom, Sean Terry, it was one of, uh, one of my presentations, because uh, they make you do presentations in the boardroom and break your business model down. I was talking about how it's still in the casino. And he's like, well, here's what we're going to do. He made me swear in front of the whole boardroom that by the end of 2018, so it must have been like probably in the middle when I started building the team, um, He's like, you have to promise to in front of everybody and to God that you have to quit the casino by the end of 2018 or you're going to give $15,000 to a charity of my choosing. And I swore. Uh, end of 2018 comes, and I was still unsure if I was going to do it. I was like, I can pay Sean Terry his $15,000 and keep doing the casino because the casino is good money. I ended up going to Vegas with a bunch of dealers to party. And I am drunk, and I go ice skating on top of one of the casinos. I fall and break my wrist at the end of 2018, the time when I promised that I'd be out of the casino. And as you know, you can't deal cards with a broken wrist. I was like, this is a sign from God. I got to quit. This is crazy. I'm like, I was thinking about not quitting, and then I go to Vegas and break my wrist. So I went home and gave my resignation because I couldn't deal anyways. I could have gone to FLA, and it had been like three months before I started dealing again. But I was like, no, this is it. This is the sign. Uh, and so I went home and I put my resignation in, and that was how I quit. Wow, that was 2018. Yeah, end the very end of the right, end of right 2018 for right New Year's. Uh, that's why I went out to Vegas for is uh, was like right after Christmas that week between Christmas and New Year's. I went out there to party with a bunch of dealers, and I thought I was a great idea to go ice skating, <laughs> drunk. Wow. <laughs> so, all right. So you quit. Now you start doing it full time. Yep. Right. You start hiring people. Start hiring people. Well, you already had a team. I had a team of you, cold callers. Yeah. I was the acquisition manager. I was dispositions manager. I was transaction coordinator. I just had all the lead, different hats. I just had a lead gen machine for me yeah. that I had built out. Which is great because if, if leads are coming in, 
I you're can, always going to go eat. You know, you're, 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 now you, you, you just learn how to fish, right? So you got that fishing rod out there on the water all the time. Yep. And it's now up to you to go, let's reel him in, right? Reel him in. So yep. I, I was very similar in 2018 and 19. I had a lead generation just running, right? And it was me and Danny's going and locking up deals all the time. And then on 19... We're going through all this, losing our asses. We, uh, the lease came up in our office, and it was it was five grand in between office and services and things. I like the lease was three grand, but in between the whole thing was like five thousand bucks. A lot of money, and and we're losing money at the time. So Dennis was hesitant. He didn't want. He was like, "Dude, what are we gonna do about the office?" And I was like, "We gotta let it go, bro. Like, we can't. You know, I I can't justify." Being in this office and falling behind on stuff somewhere else, so let's get rid of this liability. Now the thing is, the reason why he was hesitant is because our that that office we had it wrapped around with we buy houses cash, stop here. Oh. So it, so people will literally walk in to sell us their houses. That's beautiful. So he was like, dude, we still get a deal or two a month, and I was, but in my mind I was like, yeah, but it's just another piece of liability we have. And I just don't want to deal with it. I'd rather put more money into text uh, um, uh, mailers, or we were doing mailers at the time, mailers or something, maybe Facebook ads or, or PPC. But I, I just don't, man, Dennis, I'm tired of this. And, and you know, and, and we went through a lot in that office. So to me, it was an energy relieving thing. But in reality, that office, every month, man, we had three or four people showing up That's wanting to amazing. sell their houses. Yeah. Wow. So, because it was very high traffic. So, um, long story short, we gave it up. Uh, we we went to work from home. And my house was big enough to where I could have five offices in there if I wanted to. And I moved my whole mailing company into my garage. <laughs> I had a three-car garage, so one of them was one and the other two cars. So on the one, I set up the whole all the machines. So that never stopped. Like, I continue to mail and, and do all these things from home. Uh, and But in that year, I made a million bucks, but I was still... I was still broke because, you know, financially, because of all the losses we had from these rehabs. Yeah. Um, but... I was very parallel to you. Like, in a way, we had this lead generation thing running, yep. but it was still me and him hustling, you know, doing TC, doing, you know, cleaning up title, getting the earnest money, get, you know, and, and we had to be belly to belly. Yes. That was our thinking process, like belly to belly, belly to belly. That's what everyone was preaching at the time. Yeah. Like, I, I remember the first time I talked to Nick Perry, and he said, I'm doing this all virtual, it's all over the phone. And I looked at him and I was like, what? Mm -hmm. How? And he's like, we just get good on the phone. And we lock him up the deals. And I thought he was full of shit, literally. <laughs> I said, this guy must be lying to me. I don't know what the hell. But I knew Nick was a beast, right? He so was an innovator on that. He, I would say yep. if, if, I learned, or if someone gave me the light on virtual wholesaling was Nick. Yep, me too. And he didn't show me. Like, he didn't really... He didn't really say, "Hey, this is my process," and he never broke it down. He just showed it's possible. He just told yeah. me he was. He just told me he was doing it, and I believed him. But actually, I didn't believe him first. But I never took him as a liar. You follow what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for sure. I said, "Man, show me." Like, 
like like the Wolf of Wall Street. You show me a $75,000 check, I'll, I'll fucking job. quit my job right now, right? <laughs> so when I saw that he was doing these things and he started lead generating with like, because he had cold callers at the time, I think, and, 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 and maybe he started doing PPC. I said, man, if Nick can do this shit, I got to figure a way how to do it. Uh, and I'm not the type of guy that's going to call Nick and say, hey, man, can you like... Yeah. Let me look at your process or whatever. I was like, coffee? yeah, no, no, I'm not gonna do <laughs> that. Pick your right? brain. No, I'm not. Yeah. Even I, I never call you to ask you anything other than, hey, dude, can I get this or that? But well, other we'll than talk shop sometimes though. But we exchange. It's, it's exchange, but it's stuff. more of a friendship yeah, type thing yeah. than anything else. It's not like, hey, let me go mm -hmm. steal from you when, and I rather pay for it. It's like, hey, here's the money. Give me the the the, the and the, vice versa, the, right? It's the like, meat and potatoes. That's yeah, give it. Give me your text platform. That's it. <laughs> Done. No big deal, yeah. right? So. He's the one that actually opened up my eyes to virtual wholesaling. And then I started seeing more guys. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's possible. So fast forward. You quit dealing. Now you're building a full-time wholesaling business. How do you quit drugs? Oh, well, that's real fast forward. Yeah. Uh, so I have been sober for a year. Uh, Black Friday was one year. So what is that? A year and like four days. Congratulations, yeah. bro. I love it. One year and four days. I've been completely sober. No, Not a drop of alcohol. And I know because yeah. I've been around you. We've yeah. been in places where there's alcohol, there's drinks, and you're like, give me some water. Give me a tonic water, yeah. and it's great because I can hang with everybody now. And while they're drinking, it doesn't bother me at all, and I still get to soak up all the networking and knowledge that everyone, the nuggets, <laughs> everyone's passing around. And I get to actually remember it now the next day. Where before, it's like I wake up, what the hell was that conversation last night? What did night I talk about? Yeah, I did. Now I get to absorb it all in, which is great. Um, so yeah, man, it, it just got it got too vicious. I I thought when I quit the casino that. I was going to be, it, it would it would stop because I wouldn't be around that environment no more. And, and I think it would stop. I thought it would slow down. I mean, be correct. I was like, well, it would slow down. But, you know, but in the casino, they have, they, have your, the thumb on, they have their thumb on you. You know, you can't go to work drunk. They're constantly doing drug testing. So, like, you're only really partying on the weekends and maybe one or two days in the week when you want to kind of gamble with it. Right. But, like, it wasn't like, when I became my own boss, that was... I, I thought it, it would slow down, you know, in my head. But when I came to my own boss, it got worse. It, it was, it got worse. It, it got way worse. And now you're free. Th th yeah, there was no one holding me accountable. I can do all the drugs and, and that I want. So it got to the point where I was day drinking, and I was drinking while I was working. I was drinking while you know, it, 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 I'd wake up at six, seven in the morning. And I, I'm not a person that can function hungover. I just can't. And the only way, the only way I can get rid of a hangover is by having another drink. As soon as I have like two or three beers, and I would drink beer in the morning. Uh, yeah, I remember you saying, telling me I'll get up at six o'clock in the morning, and have I'll a go beer. drink a three beers, and so go to the office. That way I can go to work. <laughs> if I don't do that, I was I was not functioning. I'd have to stay in bed all day. It was misery, and the way I can get rid of that misery is by drinking. So it was a vicious cycle. And then by the time I was done working for the day, I'd go out all night and, and hang party, out. And hang, hang out, out and drink. And then I was getting like four hours of sleep. Drunk, waking up, doing it again. I mean, it got to be a vicious cycle, and it was, it was getting really bad. And I just, it got to a point where I had to make a decision. You know, you know, I had to kind of wake up. So I, I need to truly love myself, and you know, see. I had to see that it was not serving me, and what the destructive path it was taking on the toll on me. And so, um, 
when I, real estate's really changed my life because it really made me open my eyes by being around like-minded people like yourself and uh, 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 on how to get better at self-development every single day and how to truly love yourself and feel like you you have that's why we deserve the success in this right. why our internal why comes from is because we know we deserve this because mm -hmm. we were put here on this earth to create value and make change in this life and we need to learn to love ourselves first before loving anybody else. And that was when that was kind of going on, that's when the light bulb went on. And this is not serving you. This is killing you. And it was. And so it, it, I just made the decision. And I, I stopped cold turkey last year. It was, it was done. Um, let's, so let's stop there for a second, right? So I know that was the day after Thanksgiving, right? Yes, because Thanksgiving, I partied. It was over at my brother's house. Drinking, and eating. I went hard. Right. And so I don't count that day, obviously. Yeah, that day did not exist in your life, basically. It's, you don't even remember that day. Mm -hmm. You know it happened, but... Okay, so let's do a comparison. Corey drinking and on drugs, right? What was your best month, revenue-wise? Well, I would probably say... Uh, it, we're, we were doing okay. I mean, 100, 100, 130, 150. I'd have to look at the books, but it, yeah. it, it was probably mid hundreds. Okay. Corey, sober and uh, clean. We've had $300,000 months. Double. Yeah, we've had $300,000 months. And just the consistency in the change in the other business ventures I've done, this, this, this year has been a roller coaster for me. And so much stuff, good things and bad things have happened. So, like, like, for example, I've gotten married this year. I've had a baby. My business is going crazy. I had to go through a big change in the business. I had to, you know, wipe out over half my staff. Yep. I had to go through this big change. And then uh, one of the other things that happened this year, my mom passed. And so, like, I don't know how I would have handled this year if I was drinking. I might have killed myself. Yeah, or, the, the on, or on drugs. Yeah, the drugs and drinking. I, I, I don't know how this year would have played out. Because I was using alcohol as, as a stress reliever. We were kind of talking about this a little earlier. And, yeah. was, you know, the, the stress comes on from the business and I would drink it away. And uh, it, it was a tool. And I don't know how to handle this year. and Because everything I do in life, this is a, 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 it serves me and it doesn't serve me. Everything I do in life, I do hardcore. I go all the way in. I, I go full bore, whether it be business or whether it be drugs and alcohol. It's like I, I'm all in on everything I do. And uh, that was, uh, the all in was not serving me there. And I don't know what would have happened this year. It, it scares me. It's like I, I, I think it was the wake-up call came to me at, at the time. The right because time. It, 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 the universe, God, whatever yeah. you believe in. But, you know, it, me, it, I, it, everything lines up when it's supposed to. Yeah, it, it came. At, it, that, and if I'd ignored it, I don't know this year. I don't know what happened, especially when my mom passed. When my right. mom passed, that w it was a tough time. Yeah. I was close to my mom. It yeah. was really tough. And I, I just don't know. You know, so wow. it just uh, it's and, scary to think about it. So, all right. So let's, let's talk about drug addiction for a minute, right? Because mm -hmm. that's something that a lot of us battle with okay not me personally because i don't do drugs and i've never gotten into drugs I that's don't, good i was not around drugs yeah maybe that's the reason why <clears throat> but i do have a, an addictive uh, personality so i am sure that if i ever try that thing yeah, you would i'll be like oh and then that, wow yeah. yeah right but like coffee right like we were talking about that i got off coffee for a couple of months that's still my, one of my number one drugs right now i, 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 I control it more now yeah. right so what is it like getting cleaned up, man? Like, what, what, what was you like? You said on November, the day after Thanksgiving, 
I'm going cold turkey. What were those days like? It sucks at first. I'll be fully transparent. There is there's no other way to put it because at, you're 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 still hanging out with the same crowd, going out, and you're trying to stop this drinking and doing drug thing. You know, I'm going to the real estate events, going out with you guys, seeing you guys hammered down, and you're, you're going through that. You just feel like you're not fitting in because you're not drinking. It it really sucks at first. I mean, it was. It's just, and it's a pattern break. You're breaking this pattern that you you have in your life for so long. It it was tough at first. I would say it was two to three months where it was a struggle, you know. It, and but after that, it it became the most beautiful thing that's ever happened in my life. Mm. It became the most awesome thing that's ever happened in my life. I've never loved life and appreciated life more now than I ever have. It has just been it's. I, I've never loved myself more, never loved others more since this uh, this transition happened. So it has been the most amazing thing that's happened to my life. How long do you, more how, than money. Yeah. How, how I mean, long do you think it, it took you to detox? Oh, boy. The actual detox, probably a week or two where you're just like, and I would get, I would get cold sweats and, and, and real bad stomach pains. And, I mean, it was... It, it, yeah, because physically your body needs it. You, you, like, it is. It's, it's asking for yeah, it. Yeah, and, and that's where you hear about these people who are really down that rabbit hole. They were drinking like a fifth of Jack a day and something. And I had one friend in Tucson. Uh, I wasn't close to him, but I, I, I know I used to hang out at the bars with him. Um, but he would he was a, a, a fifth of Jack a day, like, and he would go out to the bars. He quit uh, November, around the same time I did last year. When he quit, the detox killed him. Wow. He passed. He, it made him sick. His organs started shutting down, and he passed from it. Maybe he needed to start slowing the doses down. Yeah. And I, I feel if you're really down, the, the, if you're really too deep in the rabbit hole, you might have to go to a, a rehab center and, and get help and, and have, be monitored for if those things are happening. Yeah, because so. I guess your body gets used to functioning under that. that it does. And, and then they're like, when he doesn't have it, he's like, hey, where's my, where's you, my drug? You like organs are a little shut down. But, I mean, he was, he was extremely bad. But unfortunate. So. so, all right. So, you got cleaned up, $300,000, $350,000 months. Um, you're growing a team now that team it's, now. it's uh, and, and we all go through that. We Scale up, scale down, scale up, scale down, clean up, Painful. fire, hire, you know. Yeah, it is, but it's part of the business. I, it is. I don't even feel it anymore, yeah, Corey. I'm getting like, used to it. I'm, right. I'm like, oh, I had to let two guys go. So be it. It is what it is. You know, it's yep. part of the business, right? So now you're big into innovations, which is innovations. something that you're actually uh, talking about uh, today here in our office. Um, but... How do you stumble into innovations? Like, how, like, just great question. The first time I heard it, it was from you. Yeah, <laughs> at a mastermind. That's awesome. Uh, so I heard it first time at a mastermind. But we'll rewind a little bit before that. Uh, I went nationwide uh, early 2020. Went same same way that you kind of did. My, you know, I knew Nick Perry, and then I heard Sean Terry was doing it, and then I heard Raphael Vargas when he was yeah. doing wholesaling, he was doing it, and you, you hear about all the people, and so you're like, man, this nationwide thing, and I'm in Phoenix, ultra competitive, and we're doing like five, ten deals a month, um, and we're doing okay. I'm like, but this nationwide thing, I was like, man, you can really scale that. Yeah. You could crack the code on it. That's the key. Because uh, we first went nationwide, 
it was tough, man. I didn't know how to run PPC. I knew that that was my main marketing <laughs> channel. That I, would need to learn. I didn't know how to run uh, it, so I was bleeding a lot of money there. And then we'd lock up contracts, and they'd be in these rural areas. We couldn't get buyers. I was like maybe closing two out of ten contracts we'd lock up. So sucks. The yeah. first three months I went nationwide, I ran deep in the red. The first month, I lost $70,000. Wow. My overhead and everything. I still have a lot of money in the bank. It took me three months to get out of the red where I was starting to get and see some green yeah. again. So it was scary. There was many nights of like, I had to close the doors. So I had to go back to just being a domestic, uh, uh, local model. Like, what do I got to do here? And we finally kind of started figuring things out. But there were still a lot of pain points in the, the nationwide model. And I was in a mastermind one day out in Florida and there was this guy, uh, he did a presentation, and he did a presentation, he did $2.2 million a year before, <coughs> and he had a local model there in Florida, and, say, and half of that was novations. Well, what the hell is novations? And so then he, he did a small presentation on it, and then I picked his brain afterwards. We had, he kind of, he shared with the whole mastermind group exactly how he was doing the model, and I was like, man, I got to look into this a little bit deeper. Because basically he's talking about locking properties up and selling them retail on the MLS. And I'm like, MLS, that's, you can sell properties anywhere on the MLS, even in these rural areas. Right. You can see in these rural areas, there's MLS activity, but there's not a lot of investor right. activity going on. And I'm like, what the heck? And he's locking properties up for, you know, more more than you would uh, normally on a cash yeah. offer too. So he's able to, you know, pay these homeowners more. I'm like, God, if I could figure that piece out, maybe I could implement that into my nationwide so I started just going out to the industry and seeing who's out there. There's a few people doing it on a local model. And so I bought a couple courses. I went, you know, picked up, you know, talked to a couple people who are doing it, exchanged, exchanged, you know, some information on it. And I basically compilated my own little novation model and I went nationwide with it. And that's how kind of I did it. And it fixed a lot of problems. One being that, you know, uh, these rural leads we were able still to lock them up and yep. innovate them. Uh, two, you know, if the, if the homeowner has a need price, I always say need price because if it's an asking price, so they're not going below that number. Yeah. You, if you have a need price that doesn't fit a cash cash offer model, then you can, you could still do innovate them. Right. And then, um, you know, you're just monetizing a lot more leads that are already in your CRM. And so, uh, and then you're not the, the disposition process. You, you're using the MLS yeah, for your buyers yeah, list. Yeah, no cash buyers for that. No cash buyers on it. So uh, we started doing novations in the beginning of this year. We, we were learning about it. I learned about it last year. It was like okay, and I, I kept absorbing knowledge on, on you know soaking the knowledge upon it. And we we did like one deal locally, and I was like that worked. Holy crap! Uh, and so we started doing it nationwide. And now we're a novation company first. Wholesale second. So last week we got five or six contracts. Wow. And this is after our relaunch. We just. Uh, how, mu how much in projected revenue on there? Uh, I think it was 170, if wow. I remember right. Crazy. Uh, and out of, the, out of those, uh, only one of them was wholesale. So, and um, so, you know, it's, 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 it's been great on fixing a lot of pain points for us in our nationwide business uh, on scaling. Uh, going nationwide. And uh, I just love the model because you're fully transparent with the seller. You're letting them know exactly the structure of what you're doing. And so there's no, no, uh, you know, wholesaling, you're working in this gray area where you're not letting the seller know what you're yeah, doing. It's a lot of, a lot yeah. of fluff in there. Like, <laughs> you know, the buyer to know how much you're making. Yeah. Our buyers don't give a shit. Yeah. They're retail. Yeah. They'll, they'll outbid each other. Yeah. 
So we'll the buyers, are, you know, we don't, we're not. There's full transparency there. There's full transparency with the seller. And the, the ones that may be suffering on this case will be those cash buyers that are like, oh, I couldn't get out of the property because he went, he, he got no way as opposed to a cash deal. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a lot of our uh, old cash buyers, investors who were, you know, very loyal to us, always calling us. I mean, you don't got any more deals anymore. <laughs> that happens. Like, it happens. It's like, well, we're doing a lot of novations now. We do get wholesales once in a while. And if we get one, you know, obviously we'll, you will. Then, then we'll make you guys fight over it, you know, pretty much because that's yeah. what it is, right? I ran into a, a, one of my cash buyers here in Houston a couple of days ago, and she's like, hey, like, well, how are you? And what's going on with your deals? Yep. And I was like, I kind of left town. Yep. And she's like, what yeah, do you mean you left town? Time. I'm all over the country now, and so I don't need to really, like, you know, like, we got all these properties everywhere that we buy and sell that we don't even see. And she, she looked at me like, what? What are you talking about? So, yeah, we evolve in progress, right? And it's because of association, right? So it is. Um, a, a lot of people say, I'm not going to put money on education. I, I can figure this out on my own. But that's taking the stairs in reality, you know? And oh, I boy. did that for many years. Yeah. Okay? I, I, like, but now, how many groups can I buy my way that's into? It, like, me too. You know, like. I'm an advocate uh, of education and self-development. I mean, I've probably spent over a quarter million dollars. Oh, just masterminds, coaches. I have no idea how much I spend, but it's a lot. Uh, it's a lot. Uh, yeah. And and I will continue to invest in you know in in, in that because it's just uh, it just makes sense. But Corey, we gotta go, brother, because you got a presentation to do here in uh, in the next twenty minutes. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your story and opening up and 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 letting people know that hey, guys, we all got struggles, okay? And Corey was one of those guys that you know. For many years, he was a drug addict and, and an alcoholic, um, and and now he's clean and killing clean. it. And that's just the beginning of my journey. Having a beautiful clean. life with his wife and, and daughter and, yep. and his sister and uh, that he's always with. And, you know, I'm actually, I actually kind of miss her that she's not around right now. Yeah, uh, she's, she's, she's in Arizona. She's got back from a trip, but she runs my e-commerce business. Yep. And, I mean, she's, she, she's killing it. So, I mean... Yeah, she she's been a, an ex, excellent asset. Shout service. out to Crystal. Yes. <laughs> guys, attend growth May 27, 28, 2022, guys. Corey's going to be there. He's always been a sponsor and he's going to be a speaker um in this event that you don't want to miss. He's going to be speaking more innovations and maybe the new latest tricks and 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 things that he's going to come up with in the next always few months. Putting them in. Yeah, he's always chipping them in. Uh if you guys want to get a hold of Corey, find him on Instagram or Facebook, Corey Geary. And if you yeah. want to learn about innovations, we're going to put a link down below. Go ahead and sign up, get that course. Like I bought it. I'm I'm actually, you know, in it and I'm learning. I haven't done my first novation deal, but I'm. You we're, we're working on it you right now. Have that novation yeah. conversation if you want to be part of Novation Nation. That's it, baby. <laughs> You'll take care. Don't forget to hit share, like, and subscribe. And I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.